my mom taught piano lessons like the whole time that we were growing up. So as soon as I was big enough to reach the keyboard, she went, all right, it's time to start piano lessons. And I hated it. I really regret the decision that I made, which was to switch to the cello entirely. Um, when I was in fourth grade, the string program started in the schools and you know, a bunch of kids came and played the instruments and like, oh, you could pick one of these. And I went, I, the violin is really small and really squeaky and the viola looks a lot like a violin, so I'm gonna play the cello. So I grabbed a rental form and I marched out <laughs> to meet my mom that night or afternoon or whatever it was. And I said, I'm not playing the piano anymore. And she said, really? So what are you playing? And I said, the cello. And she said, okay. Was she hurt? Probably, but she hit it really well. <laughs> well, it's a very familiar story. I think a lot of our listeners have that same uh, reaction when they think about the past. Well, if I had only stayed with piano lessons, you know. I just, I started a new student um, two days ago, and something about piano came up. And I was like, oh, I wish I could. I was like, I, yes, I do too. <laughs> mm -hmm. Don't make the mistake that I did. So you got to a certain level, you got into high school, you started thinking about the future, and then you were going to go to college, and you uh, enrolled at Houghton College. What happened when you enrolled at Houghton? Basically, I was either going to be a physics major or a chemistry major, and I hadn't decided which one. But my, both of my parents were music majors, and I heard all the horror stories about listening tests and you know all the crazy things they make you do, which turns out they're all true. <laughs> um, and I didn't want to do that. I just wanted to play for fun. And so um, I went to a first-year honors program interview. And you know they had a whole bunch of things. And one of the things was a reception one night. And I found myself talking to the dean of the music department. And I asked him if anybody could join the orchestra or if it was just for music majors. And somehow in that conversation he missed the fact that I was asking about the orchestra and he thought I was asking about the school of music and this was in late February I think and he went oh my god the auditions have been over for months you know this is something that happens before and I went well, that's strange I would have thought that it happened you know the first week of school and he went, oh no 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 well, all right quick call the music office the first thing in the morning tomorrow and or on Monday and um, we'll try to set you up a time. So, okay, this seems strange, but I guess this is how you do it. <laughs> and So you thought you were just auditioning to be in the orchestra? I thought I was as, auditioning for the orchestra. As a science major? Yes. And he thought you wanted to be a music major? Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so I we drove back up the next week at some point, and I played for a couple of the professors, thinking this is strange, but all right. And uh, afterwards, they went, so what were you thinking about majoring in? And I said, well, I haven't decided yet. And I was about to say, probably chemistry, but I might do physics. And before I could say that part, he jumped in and said, oh, well, you know, you have a performance degree, you go education, where you could do a BMUSE if you wanted to double up with something else, and or a BA, rather. And I have, that's, the, that's the point where it clicked that, oh, <laughs> I know what I just did. Um, but what stuck with me was when he said, you should expect to, ex to spend about 70% of your time doing music or music-related stuff. And it's not free time, 70% of your time. And I thought, I don't think I could solve physics equations for 70% of my time, but you know, I, I think I could do music. So I can say, okay, I'll give it a shot. <laughs> and I remember driving home after that, and I was with my dad, and 
it was silent for about 20 minutes and he goes, I said, what just happened back there? And my dad goes, I think you're a music major now. And I said, <laughs> yeah, I think so too. And another 10 minutes or so go by as I'm thinking about it. And he goes, so how do you feel about that? I was like, I feel surprisingly good about that. I'll give it a try. Something else he said was, you'll know really quickly if that's what you're supposed to do because you'll either thrive or you'll, or you'll go insane. What did the music <laughs> professor say that made you think, yeah, maybe I, I should give this a shot? Did they say something qualitative about your playing? I don't think so. It just, something about it felt right. I don't know, it's like if you're avoiding your destiny <laughs> as much as you possibly can, as dumb as that sounds, but when the opportunity comes up, you're going, this is what I'm supposed to be doing, I think. So So you became a cello major by mistake. By mistake, yes. <laughs> Any regrets? <laughs> Some days. Not usually. Um, last week, I played the, uh, the Verity Requiem last weekend with a group out in Saratoga, and there were definitely a couple of days, a couple of weeks ago, where I was struggling through the DACRA going, what was I thinking? Why was I doing this? And then, you know, we figure it out. And it's, the, again, the best mistake I ever made. That's such a dramatic piece of music. <laughs> it's exciting with that big drum. And, it is. You know, the whole thing it's is the best part. Thrilling, yeah. You can feel it in your chest so much as you, as hearing it. Oh, I love it. I love it. So you, Brian, have been living and working in the Adirondacks for the past several years. What is it like to be a working cellist in the Adirondack Mountains? You have to drive a lot and you get to see some pretty incredible places. What I figured out first is that you take the work where you can get it and sometimes it's right in your backyard. Uh, we lived in Ticonderoga and I played at the fort a couple of times which is maybe five minutes from my house or it's up in Lake Placid, which is about an hour and a half away, or it's down in Albany, which is two hours, or it's in Burlington, or I played in New Hampshire last year. <laughs> I have played on islands. Um, I took three separate boats at one point to get to, to islands to play weddings. Um, I've played on the top of a mountain where I had to take the ski lift with my cello to play up there. Um, I've played in living rooms. I played in a hunting cabin where the road only went most of the way to, <laughs> to the building, and then you had to walk a trail the, the rest of the way to play it. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've played on lake shores. I've played on docks in lakes. I've played churches, clubs, resorts, um, schools. It must be amazing to like be on a dock at the edge of a lake and hear the sound of your cello kind of like drifting across the water it's pretty amazing there are definitely times where i stopped and went wow i totally get why people want to have me play this is amazing i was fortunate enough to spend a summer at meadow mount which is actually in new york a very interesting place with a lot of history and a lot of practicing <laughs> um just about anybody who's anybody in the string world played studied at meadow mount at some point so there are portraits hanging up in the walls, and everybody knows which dorm room Yo-Yo Ma stayed in when he was there. So that was pretty fun. That sounds beautiful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's At the time, there was really no cell service, and this was only, oh gosh, I think it was 2012, so five years ago, and they still hadn't managed to get a tower. It could be liberating. <laughs> it was. <laughs> um, and you practice in these little cabins, and rehearse all day and take lessons and it's it was wonderful 
it, um, the player that I am to now, I can directly trace back to the things that the teacher I was studying with told me when I was there. So absolutely worth it. Who was your teacher? I studied with Melissa Kraut. I was her oldest student by quite a bit. So I remember walking into my first lesson with her and she looked at me and she went, you're not a kid. I went, no. <laughs> well, said, why are you here? I was like, well, I live nearby and I play the cello and they let me in. It's wonderful that you jumped on that opportunity though and that they let yeah. you in. Yeah, and it turns out we knew some of the same people. So we played the musician game, of course, where you, know, you meet another musician in the wild and instantly, who do we know in common? In the wild? <laughs> <laughs> oh. So you're, um, yeah, that must have been a wonderful experience. Yeah, it was. What do you love about the sound of the cello? Sound of the cello? I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. I don't know. I love the range. I love how deep it can go and still sound clear. And I like that you can still scream up pretty high and cut through if you need to. Not to say that I love playing up there because it's crazy hard, but it's just, I think it's one of the more versatile instruments where you can really get a lot of sounds out of it. I don't know. I've always felt like it's a really natural instrument to hold. I mean, people who play violin swear that it's not, but it's a really contorted. I can't get my elbow around enough to do that. Um, but with my cello students, I, when I'm telling you to set up the instrument, I tell them, stick your arms out like you're going to give somebody a hug. And now bring them in. Now let one fall down a little bit lower. Now hold the bow in that hand. And there you go. Perfect. I have heard you play myself, and I would say that it does seem very natural. <laughs> you, uh, you know, express yourself so beautifully on the cello. So mm. I appreciate your coming in. Is there anything, is there anything that you want to add that I haven't asked you about? When I studied at Meadowmount, Melissa, Dr. Kraut, watched me play, and then she went, stop. <laughs> You're way too tense. What are you doing? Why is, you know, look at your shoulders, look at your arm, look at everything else. You can't make a good sound if you're that tense because you're going to fight against, you're going to fight against everything. You're trying to lift your arm up while you're pushing it down at the same time. And that just doesn't work. So we spent the rest of the summer trying to unlearn everything that I had done, <laughs> that I was doing up to that point. Um, I had to relearn how to shift. I had to relearn how to use the bow. I had to relearn even really how to sit because um, I sort of hunched over in a funny way, which tenses up your shoulders, and then that telegraphs right down your arm and into your hand. And it was hard. <laughs> it was really, it took me, honestly, it took me about two years after that before I really felt like I didn't have to th actively think about, you know, oh, no, do it the new way, do it the new way um, after that. Did that process translate into other parts of your life and the way you carry yourself? I think it did. Um, it definitely changed the way that I teach because I'm, I tell my students, again, not to make the same mistakes that I did. And it's like, yeah, you can do it like this now, but when you try to do it really, really fast every day for the next 20 years, you're going to hurt yourself and it's not going to work. So <clears throat> plus it's just harder. Why do you have to, why work harder than <laughs> you need to? Again, I tell my students that cellists are very lazy. And we like to do things the easiest way possible. 
<laughs> well, I saw you play uh, a couple months ago, and I saw you sit down and almost mm-hmm. deliberately uh, unfurl yourself in this beautiful way. Like <laughs> move your head around, you move your shoulders around, and then you hug your cello, and then you were off, and it was just a beautiful thing to see and hear. So thank yeah. you. Thank you for giving so much of your time. It's been great to talk to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for having me. You're welcome.